it's a beautiful day good morning god bless you you are all welcome to today's edition of marriage diet with festus flourish osemwahu today is the 14th day of the month of september 2020 god bless you you are welcome it's a monday and we want to appreciate god for bringing us into another wonderful week we trust that the Lord will help us, the Spirit of the Lord will lead us, and it will cause all crooked paths to be straight. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. God bless you. What a short prayer for us. Um, receive it, and it shall be so. This week will be fruitful for you, and the blessings of the Lord will be upon you. Okay. We're not praying today. Uh, that's just a prelude. We're going to be um, continuing from where we stopped on Friday. Those of you who are just joining us. Monday to Friday, we handle general topics. Saturday and Sunday, we talk about sex in marriage. I mean, we there, there, there is no negotiation about that. We just talk about marital sexuality. And then um, just for the two days weekend now, we talked about um, bringing back flirting in your marriage. Uh, you may want to have access, uh, access those audios via our podcast channel if you have not listened to them please do i'm sure you will be blessed okay but on friday we had to stop just so that we could um, divert into the weekend's topic so we're going back to where we stopped on friday to continue again remember we've been talking about parenting analysis those of you that have been following us that's what we've been looking at now for a couple of weeks now or more than a week or thereabout we've been looking at parenting analysis trying to understand the role of parents husband and wife as it regards their children bringing up their children and uh, ensuring that their children become godly okay i'm going to be looking at this subtopic today very very strategic if i can't finish this topic um, in today's uh, podcast i'm going to extend it to tomorrow so that i can do part one and part two because it's extensive and i really want to take my time on this what will your child become that's the subtopic we're looking at today what will your child become um is a question that would definitely generate different kind of reactions some of you will say what will my child become i don't know now it's in the hands of god who, you know that kind of stuff uh, that person will say how will i be able to know what my child will become my child has this or her destiny so it's what you know that kind of reaction now whichever way we look at it we might give these kind of responses based on ignorance the truth of the matter is you can actually determine what your child will become yeah you heard me right you can actually determine what your child will become you play the major role in determining the sex of your baby, in determining if your child would even be born, because if you never mated with your spouse, conception would never have taken place. At least it would certainly not have been Holy Spirit conception again. So you play the role, you, you as a man, you as a woman, you came together and you mated and then um, 
conception took place and for you as a woman a mother you carried that pregnancy for nine months you played a role now if you play the role bringing your child into this world you certainly also can if you know what to do can also play a role determining what your child the future of the child will be it is only when we don't know that the enemy often take advantage of this and of course filling the blank space let me put it that way otherwise is our responsibilities as spirit heads because as parents to these children we are spiritual heads to them to actually determine their future how do we do this we do this via the power of the spoken word via the power of the spoken word now let me quickly read genesis chapter number 49 and then uh, let me read comments from verse number one and Jacob called unto his sons and said, Now, I, every time I read this place, I've always been wondering, where was Jacob's daughter, Dinah? I mean, he only called her unto the sons. What about the daughter? So, first lesson here don't be that kind of parent that segregates. Don't be that kind of parent that will create and determine and build some children just because they are males. The other one, you say, Ah, female. People is married, people go and marry tomorrow. I mean, gone are those days. If you are still having that kind of mentality, you are old school yourself. You are cake, you are absolute. I wish I could use many words. Yeah, that day is really gone. You will see some parents who say, Ah, female child. No, you can't send her to school. If you send her to school, she will still, still go and marry. Just let her go and learn uh, a craft uh, handwork or what do you call it? Craftsmanship. Oh. I don't know if you are still with that kind of mindset in this 21st century. A big lie. Uh, statistics have shown that we have actually more female children now doing much more better. And they are actually the one that is the possibility that the female child children would even take care of their parents much more. So if you don't want to train up your female children, you're actually doing it at your expense because the future is coming. And when that time comes, you will realize that what you did wrong against yourself. If you train a girl child, you train many more persons. You train a nation. You train so many persons because eventually whatever flow through her will flow through many. If you train a guy, a boy alone, you just train only one person. Well, that's even about training. But the point I'm trying to make here is don't make the same mistake that Jacob made. Diana wasn't dead at that time. Why couldn't he also? I mean, the same prophetic declaration should have been extended to Diana. But no, I mean, she was not counted as among Jacob's um, children, literally, that deserved the blessing. So the Bible said, and Jacob called unto his sons and said, but well, let's just look at it from that angle of calling unto his sons and get the lesson from that. But I'm only saying, learn from this. Do not segregate. Do not um, um, have things done with your kids just based on gender. Don't do that. It is ignorant and it is. it will always be counterproductive. It will work against you. That I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Okay? That I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Um, 
Okay, gather yourself together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel, your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my mind, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Look at powerful words. Look at powerful words. The 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 father was releasing upon Reuben my firstborn, my mind, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of my of dignity, and the excellency of power. Powerful words. But look at verse 4. Unstable as water. Oh my God. Why will a father tell his son this? Why will a father determine the future of his son this way? Some of you might argue, oh, he slept with the father's wife. I hope you remember the story. One of the um, uh, housemaids that eventually became Jacob's wife. You remember Leah and uh, Rebecca? Uh, is it Rachel and Rachel? They played and they made the arrangement with their housemaid to sleep with their husband and all that. Reuben slept with one of them. Now, the father, placing a curse on him, said, Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Hey, Jesu. Thou shalt not excel. Sign sealed and delivered. Why? Because thou wented up to thy father's bed. Thou defiled thou it. He went up to my couch. Jacob was taking this person he went up to my couch. Mine. He, Joseph took this so personal that he placed a curse upon his son. In spite of um, the powerful words that he said earlier, uh, the beginning of my strength, the excellence of dignity, the excellence of power, all of that didn't make any sense. The one that actually prevailed over Reuben were the words of curses that were laid upon him. Did Reuben actually amount to anything? Apart from the fact that he was one of the tribes, or today he's one of the tribe of Israel. I mean, the authority was taken away from him. That was the man that was supposed to be the firstborn. The man all the younger ones will run to, We come and honor. What happened? The honor was taken away from him. Because a father who refused to forgive, who just didn't understand the power of forgiveness, decided to curse Reuben. Yes, what Reuben did was wrong. What Reuben did was abomination. Jacob should have left Reuben to God. Jacob should have forgiven Reuben and allow God's judgment to come upon him. However, it's very possible if Jacob had shown Reuben mercy, God's judgment would have been judgment of mercy upon him. But hey, a father used a word like this, thou shalt not excel. I'm saying this because I really want us to be very careful as parents. What have you said against your children out of anger? What have you said against them when you are really, really on the edge? You are confused. Or sometimes you have issues with your spouse, with your husband, with your wife, and you transfer the aggression against your children. Someone posted um, a message in one of our WhatsApp group. I think I even shared it a few days ago about the 11 years old in South Africa that um, committed suicide on the birthday of her mother. 
I think her or his, I'm not too sure whether male or female now, um, just simply because the mother had always been against her. Okay, I think she's female, but I, I stand to be corrected anyway. Blaming her for being the reason why and her marriage didn't last or why she's suffering and all that. And it really got onto the young 11 years old child and went and committed suicide. Friends, what have you been saying to your children? When you are hot, when you are angry, when you are confused, when you are really at the heat of and the storm of your life, what do you often say to your children? Especially those single mothers out there who are really going through one tough time, one challenge or the other, storm one way or the other, and you look at your children, you feel that they are liabilities. If not because of these children that you got from this man, you should have been free. You should have become a single once again and lived your life. Oh, have you forgotten these children made you a mother? There are a lot of women out there today who are wishing they were mothers. They are married. They are women, but they are not mothers. Have you forgotten? And then you use statements, words that just like this word that sent the young boy or young girl into early suicide, early death. So sometimes when we use negative words, they have a way of coming to pass much more, even than the positive one. So why don't we learn how to stay away from the negative one so that the few positive ones we are saying can come to pass? What have you seen about the future of your children? What can you say about their future? Jacob saw the future of Reuben with such powerful vision that he added arrows that wounded him. He shot arrows as well to him that wounded him. He broke his back and broke his, his and, and bent him like the way you bend fish to smoke fish and broke this young man. Reuben was from his body. He should have forgiven Reuben. Some of you, you just carry this almost like internal resentment against your children. They are your children. Children will always be children. You were once a child. Some of you, if you equate what your children are doing to you now and what you did against your parents, hey, it's possible. Your children, they are only, it's like they are acting as answers to what you did against your children. They have now become repercussion. It's like the fruit of what you did against your own parents, rather. And what do we do? We blame them. We condemn them. Every word of condemnation against your child is a word of life. It carries life in the realm of the spirit. You know that it becomes negative life. There's the positive life and there's the negative life. Friends, do you know, maybe I need to reiterate this and sound this very, very um, high up there for you to understand. There are no nonsense words. There are no useless words. Every word, whether useless or nonsense to you, carry meaning in the realm of the spirit. It could be negative meaning. It could be positive meaning. So when out of anger you call your child blockhead, that is like Jacob cursing the son, Reuben, telling him you will not excel. You must mean of a blockhead. A blockhead means the head that cannot take anything good. And then, just because the child offended you, did something that got on your nerve, 
and not because you feel you are a parent. God has given you these children for you to mold them, for you to shape them. And your words become very, very important in shaping the destinies of these children. When was the last time you spoke into the future of your children? Do you even know what to speak into their future? Have you even discovered anything about the future of your children? Can you say now that you see where your child is going and you want your child to become that particular thing? Have you even asked God, this child you have given me, who is he? Where is he going to? What will he become? Have you asked God? Before God gave you this children, you already determined their outcomes. You already determined their destinies. We think having children is just making babies and that's it. And then when they are out of the university, they get their job, they do their freedom and they are out of their house and your life forever. Do you think that's all about children? There is. God expects you to see what they will become because they have already become what God had created them to be. God just wants you to see the future of your children. The Bible said he brought animals to Adam to name them, to see what he will call them. Why? Because God already saw the future of these animals. He already knew what these animals would be. He already knew that a dog would behave like a dog. It's just that he didn't give it any name. He wanted Adam to see what he saw when he was creating these animals. And as Adam saw these things, and of course he was giving them names accordingly, and whatever he called them, so it was. So what this also means is that what Adam called these animals, whether they were good or bad, that was what God accepted. Whatever he called them, so they were. So whether good or bad, that was what they eventually became. Uh, let, let me give you an example. Um, well, I don't know what kind of animals we do not like to identify with. Okay, let me even say scorpion, for instance. I'm sure scorpion was one of Adam's nomenclature of animals. We don't like scorpions, but that's what Adam called it, and that's what it is. Or any other animal you have phobia for. Adam called it that name, and the name stuck to that animal. Whatever you call your child will stick. Just imagine the day you gave birth or you did the naming ceremony for your child, your children. And they asked you, what will this child be called? I said, this child shall be called um, John, shall be called um, Joshua. You gave all those names. Now, let me ask you, 15 years down the line, your child is about 15 years now. Your child is about nine years. What are you still calling your child? Is it the same name or another name? It's the same name. I just want you to understand how powerful the word can be when you use it in whichever way. Unfortunately, in the realm of the spirit, words you cannot, words can't um, have what we call um, independent prompting to misbehave or to behave or to become something differently. It is what you call the word or the way you use the word that the word will manifest. There is no difference between positive and negative. In the realm of the spirit, what you say is what comes to pass. And your son that is Joshua, is still Joshua after 16 years. Will still be Joshua after 30 years. That's how powerful naming is. And then you will say, I'm not naming my children bad names. Oh, every word you call your child is a name, is an identity. Every child, every word.
So because you are not calling them the right word, even the wrong ones you are calling them, they are elements of seed preparing for manifestation in the future. So Jacob cursed his son and called him, you know, a man that will not excel. And I'm just asking us, if we have already done that to our children, we have already nailed them, we have already sentenced them to a, a future of doom, we've got to repent, we've got to change our attitude. Children would provoke us, but don't allow that provocation to lead you to using utterances that that would portend death or destruction for them in the future. Don't. Breathe your tongue. I mean, manage your emotions. Don't jump into the conclusion. Just because your child offended you, the next thing is you. You are lodo. You are blockhead. You are a fool. Just imagine the words. Some parents use these words on their children. You, you that don't know anything. I'm just pitying for you. Do you know what it is to pity a child? So when tomorrow people start pitying your children, you say, hey, ah, one witch, one wizard. Just because you are provoked over your child, you are telling the child, I'm pitying for you. And then tomorrow people start, wherever your child goes, people start, you know, that, that kind of pity is not the compassionate work when somebody has compassion and of course you grant mercy. That kind of pity is like pity out of shame, pity out of sorrow, pity out of failure. Because the contest at which you said it is the same way it's going to manifest. That your child brought a result home and he, he had failure in a particular subject doesn't mean your child is failure. And then some of you will open up your mouth and say, look, you. It's as if I'm just wasting money on you. Look, is this not failure? Have you not become failure? Look, whatever you become, don't say that whatever they become. You are the one that will keep insisting what they will become. I know a lot of parents don't know this, but thank God for the Holy Spirit opening up our eyes. If you have already gone about this wrongly, you can correct this. It's not too late. You can correct it. Do you know what? Time is gone. We're going to hold it here today. Like I did promise at the beginning, I'm going to do part two on this. A lot of us need to repent. We need to retract those statements, those curses, and start converting them into blessing. Bless your child while you are still alive. I repeat again. Bless your child while you are still alive. Make those declarations because words are spirit and life. They don't die. They often manifest as fruits when they are planted as seeds. It's my prayer that the wisdom of God will guide you. You will do the right thing and you will correct the errors that you have already created in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Wow. I hope you have been blessed with this audio podcast. If you have, share it with your friend. And in case you are having access to this podcast for the first time, you can connect with us via our WhatsApp number plus 234-8107126148 and we will get back to you. God bless you. Until I come your way again tomorrow, don't forget, if marriage is an institution, then couples and singles must be students. God bless you. Shalom. Do have a great week ahead.